Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the Series one by one. We will be spoiler-free of details from future episodes, but uh, spoilers from previous episodes that we've discussed in the podcast are fair game. I'm Jason, and I am really disappointed that I share a name with one of the douche nozzles in this episode. (laughs) And I'm Harrison, and... Honestly, I'm just disappointed. Not mad at Angel, I'm just disappointed in you. (laughs) That's worse than being mad. (laughs) I know, that's why I said it. Uh, Jason, what episode? What episode are we talking about today? Oh, we are talking about the masterpiece that is Angel Season 1, Episode 12, Expecting. This is the one where Cordelia is impregnated by an Orange County fuckboy who has demon sperm inside of him. And, yeah, then it's not as cool as it sounds. Expecting was written by Howard Gordon and directed by David Semmel and originally aired on January 25th, 2000. Jason, what are you drinking this week? Well, Harrison, I decided to have a uh, nice little Sauvignon Blanc. Um, Yeah, I feel like it's been a while since I've had white wine on the podcast. And um, I've been using this mostly for cooking. But uh, it is a time-honored rule that you never cook with a wine that you wouldn't drink. So here's to that. Cheers, cheers. Um, We had a bottle of red that um john had been using for cooking for a while and it started out as a bottle that was good for drinking but it had been sitting like for so long um that one night we didn't have like any other wine and i just really wanted a glass of wine and i pulled that sucker out and poured me a glass and immediately went and spit spit it out in the sink because oh it it was basically vinegar yeah um, that's unfortunate it had been it had been there for a while like a couple months and Oof. there wasn't that much left in it so but yeah i should know better um i'm drinking uh somewhere somewhere i'm, I'm about to say this and my mother-in-law is gonna perk up and go "Ooh, i want one of those because it's her favorite drink um i'm drinking an aperol spritz um which, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, is Prosecco and Aperol and sparkling water. And uh, it's, it's quite, quite refreshing. Nice. Um, yeah, John's mom discovered these uh, when they were, I think, in Sweden, uh, like two years or so ago. They were visiting some of John's family there. Um, and... She had one in a restaurant, and then she was like, oh my god, I'm obsessed with these things now. <laughs> and uh, But they're really good, so... Um, yeah. Uh, Jason, shall you lead us in a toast? Uh, okay. Um, I feel like... Uh, uh, this past weekend, we lost uh, two big pop culture icons, uh, Prince Philip and uh, DMX. So... Uh, yeah. 
I I feel like we should honor DMX more than Prince Philip, uh, but uh, yeah. um, given the current state of the royal family. But, you know, I mean, you know, I, I do like Queen Elizabeth, and uh, and apparently she liked Prince Philip. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, here's the DMX. Yes. Rest in power. Uh, I'm also going to throw in there um, uh, Jessica Walter, because uh, oh, yeah. I think... I, I think she passed before or after we recorded our last episode. Oh man, what a what a queen! A re- what a oh, real yeah. queen! That one really like I saw the news and I like I actually like started to tear up. That one really hurt. Um, it was also my um, I had posted something on Facebook. Um, here, let's drink real quick. I just <laughs> I just started talking because that's what I do. Um, I posted on Facebook a couple weeks ago when I was doing a rewatch of Star Wars The Last Jedi that I was like, I really need a fucking stuffed porg. And um, a, a dear, dear friend of mine, Catherine, uh, lives in Florida and works at, uh, she and her husband work for Disney, uh, Disney World. Uh, so she sent me one. Aww. And um, it was very, very sweet. I was really excited. But I literally opened the package, was like, oh my God got out my phone to take a picture of it to post it on social and like pulled up Facebook and just saw Jessica Walter has died. And I was like holding my porg, so excited. And I saw that and I was like, ah, I'm feeling a lot right now. Yeah. Good thing you had like the, the porg to hold on to. <laughs> I've named the porg Jessica Walter in her honor. That, uh, that actually reminds me of, um, when I was uh, dog sitting for my brother and sister in law, and uh, that night uh, was the first time I ever watched uh, Schindler's List, and um, mm. Schindler's List is one of those movies that uh, a lot of stuff in it makes me cry, but the end makes me ugly cry. Um, there are only a couple of movies that do that, but uh, I was so glad that Ellie, their dog, was there because I like I needed a dog just hold on to while I watched those last couple scenes. Um, so yeah, yeah, always keep something soft, uh, whether it's living or stuffed, nearby when you are about to go through some emotions. Um, especially if you weren't expecting to go through emotions. <laughs> Speaking of expecting, um, <sighs> <laughs> boy, so. There are three things that I like in this episode. Is one of them that it um, ended? <laughs> okay, four things. <laughs> um, uh, I liked um, I liked Cordelia's horny friend Emily, who really wanted to bang Angel. I I related a lot to her. <laughs> Everyone's her attracted to Angel. Um, <laughs> I loved. Angel and Wesley just dropping everything and being like the most compassionate and doing everything they could for their beloved Cordy. Um, particularly Angel's declaration of Cordelia as family. And I love Phantom Dennis. Mm-hmm. Everything else in this episode can go to fucking hell. Yeah, this... We're kind of putting the cart before the horse and putting our analysis... <laughs> putting our analysis first, but... Uh, putting our review first. But yeah, this is... This is such a problematic episode and you know what's crazy it's Mm -hmm. written by howard gordon who had previously written two episodes um of these two series one was what's my line part one but he wrote that with marty noxon and the other was Mm -hmm. hero which which featured the death of doyle 
and but he wrote that with Tim Minear. So this was his first solo outing, and boy, oh boy, yeah. we need to like watch this guy. Keep him under, keep him under surveillance <laughs> when he's when he's writing. The, um, the thing is, this is such a trope, right? In uh, sci-fi and fantasy of the female characters, because it's of course always a female character being mystically or sci-fi-ly. That's not a word, but you know what I mean? Like, impregnated against their will. And it's gross, and it's... Yeah. Yeah, the first first uh, episode that came to mind for me was of uh, the season two premiere of Star Trek The Next Generation when Deanna Troy mm-hmm. got impregnated. Um, yeah, That was the example I was going to use, too, because I remember watching that episode and going, this is disgusting. Yeah. Like, it's... It, it, it's yes, it is not... We've had... We've had um, explorations before into uh, women being um, women being harmed uh, or women being uh, assaulted sexually, and uh, while this isn't your traditional sexual assault, it is very much like a mm-hmm. a sexual assault story. The only problem is is that there's no actual meaning to it. Like there's no yeah. there's no um, there's no commentary on the importance of consent. It's it's just bad, and the worst part is, and we are this is slightly spoilery, but this is the first of three times in this series mm-hmm. that Cordelia is impregnated mystically by a demon, and it yep and ugh, God it, it's fucked yeah up. and and none of those instances are good, like, ugh. yeah yeah the and and of course to pile it on now that we know what Charisma Carpenter was experiencing on the set, um, especially surrounding her own real life pregnancy, it's just even worse. It's just, there, there is no good here to, except for the three goods that I listed. Um, yeah. Um, but, but the, in this type of this particular trope, I think it just needs to go away or be written by a woman. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to start this synopsis, but, uh, I know I'm normally the one doing the synopsis, but I'm probably going to need your help with this one. Cause I, I'm here to help. I am, right. I am, a, but, a, but a lowly servant. So we start off with, on a relatively slow night at Angel Investigations in which Angel is really trying to figure out, um, Cordelia's filing system, uh, Mrs. Benson, a client of theirs that is only mentioned in this episode, um, has been filed under F. We don't exactly know if it's an F or an R or a B, but Cordelia eventually remembers that it's an F because Mrs. Benson was from France, and so therefore she was filed under F. And uh, Angel just remembers that she was from France and she was difficult and made him want to drink. So, yeah, random. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't. I'm not really sure what's going on with that whole joke, but uh, yeah, I think it's to lend support to Wesley's like argument later on in the episode that Cordelia's been like letting her work slide, and I mean. It still doesn't work for me because this is the first time we've seen Cordelia not be super efficient, like well, that's not with true. how she, she does things. There are like th- there was like one time before where she uh, 
like she didn't have the most clear way of documenting something but uh i mean oh, yes yeah. you're right but, i do remember that but i mean angel states for the reasons that um one she's been going through a lot uh especially with doyle's death and also she is young i mean she's still like let's just assume that maybe she's around 19 at this point mm-hmm. 20 at the latest or 20 at the oldest but i can't even i don't even think timeline wise she would be 20 yet um so no well it's never really clear when cordelia's birthday actually is um i'm thinking to a future episode that's actually set on cordelia's birthday and i'm trying to remember when that aired but i mean buffy just turned to 19 last week so yeah they're gonna she's gonna be in that ring yeah i'm assuming that uh like many like many people most people uh cordelia probably turned 18 in her senior year which has been said by giles um because in the prom Mm. episode because wesley was being all awkward it's like she's 18 um and uh so and it's been more or less a year since then so i think it's safe to assume that at this point she is 19 uh but yeah like and i like that uh i like that angel's understanding of that um speaking of wesley he walks in clearly trying to find some way to hang out with him and it's like dude just just do it yeah they clearly don't mind having you around yeah (laughs) you've eaten breakfast with them and yeah it i i honestly don't remember it taking this long for him to officially become part of angel investigations uh Mm -hmm. but yeah that's that's where we're at. Uh, he's he's showing off his brand new axe, uh, and uh, and he's like, "Oh, where's evil?" And and Angel says, "You know, we're kind of evilless right now." And uh, Cordelia is uh, has plans to go to La Bria, and uh, she is going with her two gal pals, two possible new cordettes, Serena and Emily. I like, um, I really like this, uh, the, the wiki, our wiki of the week, um, transparently seeking company. Wesley comes back to the office just for, just before Cordelia's gorgeous gal pals, Serena and Emily make a stunning entrance. So, um, somewhere out there, someone was really affected by Serena and Emily. Uh, they were, that, that, that was a thirsty <laughs> sentence if I had ever seen one. <laughs> I really liked, um um serena's whole deal like the the way she had her hair done her dress like i just i thought she looked great emily looked good too she was fine but um i don't know serena just like serena was like the type of she was she just gave me that energy of someone who could just slap me in the face and i'd be like all right i'm cool with this like would you be cool if i slapped you in the face i mean i'm sure you have well, I mean, I I actually do think I have, but I've never just full out like actually slapped you in the face. So <laughs> maybe that'll be what we'll do when we can finally reunite in person. I'll like you can hug me and I'll slap you in the face. <laughs> People are gonna start adopting really strange like I I haven't punched anyone in a year. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> like 
Um, world's gonna get weird, y'all. Yeah. But, uh, oh yeah, speaking of weird, so yesterday was my, uh, for those of you who follow me on Instagram, yesterday was, uh, two weeks since I had received my second COVID vaccine, and, uh, I went out for the first time since, uh, March 2020. Lovely. And, uh, I went to a local brewery, uh, Monic Beer Company in Louisville, Kentucky. Love Monic. And, uh... Yeah, and it was so weird because I was sitting at a table by myself outside. Tables were spaced apart, so social distancing was still there. But uh, it was just so weird to... I guess probably the weirdest thing was that I was around people. There were people near me that I, that I had no idea who they were. Like I'm so used to just being around people that I know because the only places I go are work and home and my parents' house, and that's that's it. And yeah, and it was just so weird to you know order something from a waitress, but uh, I had a delicious beer named His Dark Materials, and uh, nice. and I had a Reuben sandwich, which was also delicious. So it was it was very nice. And I'm I'm like, oh man, it's gonna take me a little bit to just kind of get <laughs> back into the swing of being somewhere that isn't one of those three places <laughs> yeah i um i was talking with aaron the other day and we were talking about like anxieties uh that are that are coming with like things opening back up and like being vaccinated and like um like how do i be a person around <laughs> other people how, how <laughs> do i social <laughs> um um yeah and like so yeah it's it's I think it's just going to be an interesting few months as we uh start transitioning back into some some sense of normality. But uh but you, hopefully not new to normality. Yeah. You do know that uh who does know how to social though, Cordelia Chase. Uh Oh fuck yeah. She has been actually dating a famous photographer named Wilson Christopher which uh raises the uh eyebrows of both Wesley and angel angel because um he was surprised that uh cordelia hadn't mentioned him and wesley because that's a weird name wilson christopher (laughs) um wilson christopher is played by one ken marino and i typically love ken marino i he's he's a delightful presence in most things um and i was i was was disappointed with they how they utilized him here i, I will say that, just disappointed i will say with ken marino in this he he plays the he plays the uh the nice guy very well um mm-hmm. it, it's really funny how like if the person is not related if the person is not somehow involved with the demon they're an asshole if they if they are involved with the demon it's kind of like a 50-50 shot that they're a nice person or they just come across as an asshole. But, um, yeah, he he very much... it. At no point does uh, he push himself on Cordelia. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can understand why Cordelia was totally cool oh, with yeah. inviting him in, was totally cool with having he sex with him. super charming. Yeah. Like, um, and those are the ones you gotta look out for. Yep. Uh, yeah. That's why I'm just mean. 
No one trusts me. Yeah, I get so much tail by being me. <laughs> I mean, listen. Ugh. But, uh, um, and, uh, yeah, Serena is actually pretty attracted to Angel. Uh, or is it Emily? Is attracted- it was Emily. Emily's attracted to what Angel. She- Serena... Think Serena says that she totally digs the uh, Hugh Grant vibe coming from mm-hmm. coming from Wesley, and Wesley, of course, is a uh, predictably flabbergasted so much so that he puts his axe into the wall. <laughs> um, I can't remember what Emily said, but it was so she. God, it makes me mad because it was funny. She makes an um a overtly sexual like reference to whatever she wants angel to do to her um um and i was like damn emily i think you're my gay agenda this week no i think the gay agenda is them thinking that wesley and angel are gay couple (laughs) that was uh you know i'm very uh wary about gay jokes uh, but this was a gay joke that didn't bother me. The um, apparently the, the Serena thinking that they were a couple. Apparently, it adds mystery. I like to think so. I mean, I don't know um, if that's a if that's a hint at a bisexuality or uh, I don't know. I don't know where <laughs> I don't know where those comments were going, but uh, they were made. Um, however, Cord- before uh, Cordelia uh, can leave with a friend, she has a vision. She uh, falls to the ground. And, uh, so Angel and Wesley immediately, um, are like, oh, Cordelia, can you grab that file for me? And, uh, try to cover up, you know, so that her cool friends don't think that she's not cool. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, good on Angel and Wesley looking out for, uh, looking out for Cordelia, which is kind of the big thing in this episode. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, Cordelia's vision involves an egg uh that is hat that is being broken open and a demon is coming out of it uh and she writes down the address and then goes out with her friends uh wesley says oh well you know if uh, if you need any help i mean i i think uh and he just you know stammers in his typical wesley way and angel just it's like oh my god and hands him the address <laughs> Wesley pulls his axe out of the wall and follows Angel like a puppy dog. Yep. Uh, with some difficulty, uh, takes them a takes them a try or two to get that axe out. Um, we do have uh, the the scene at Labria, and uh, oh my gosh, this is like such a forgettable scene. Uh, basically, uh, yeah, it shows um, Serena's with a guy named Jason. Emily's just kind of talking to everybody and Cordelia it, basically the big the point of this scene is Cordelia and Wilson Christopher are talking and uh, yeah like we said before comes across as very charming and uh yeah it's like oh hey this is like good on Cordelia she uh she yeah. she found herself a nice boy uh mm-hmm. meanwhile Angel and Wesley go to what they think is the right address. Here's the thing. So they went to uh, they went to house number twenty three. In the brief shot of the of the address that was written down, I could have sworn mm-hmm. that twenty five was what was written on the uh, on that. 
So, and I, and I, because I remember thinking when they were in front of the mailbox for 23, I was like, why are they going into 23? And, and then when Angel said, and so they break into this old couple's house. <laughs> Angel can't go in. Uh, Wesley uh, kicks open the door and starts a demon hate rant. And, uh, and they're just so, like, like, this happens to them every day. Like, they're, they just stare at him, don't react. And I'm... I kept going back and forth. I was like, is this supposed to be funny? Is it funny? Like, I... I, I, I think it was going for humor, but it didn't land. Uh, I will say, though, this was a bad week for Doors on Angel, because... <laughs> quite a few get kicked and broken into. Uh, uh, true, 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 true. But yeah, and, uh, and so Angel realizes that it is house number 25 that they were looking for. And uh, Wesley stammers an apology. And uh, they go. And then we get a, a scene where we see the outside of the house. We hear the sounds of the fight scene. We see Wesley being kicked through the door. And we see the uh, aftermath of them just covered in, in guts. And... Uh, but we don't actually see the fight. And I think it's because they spent all of their budget that week on the demon at the end of the episode. Yeah. I That's what I was literally going to say. <laughs> they needed to spend it all on that alien resurrection looking motherfucker. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they have a... So Angel and Wesley have a very productive night. Um, meanwhile, Cordelia has a very reproductive night. Uh, I was so hoping you weren't going to do that because I wanted to do that. <laughs> How dare you take the bad um, joke from me? <laughs> uh, they go into... She invites him into the house and Phantom Dennis is immediately like, no. I am... <laughs> How dare. <laughs> not in my house. Um, and I... Cordelia seems to believe that it's jealousy, but I do, I think, I mean, he's a ghost. He probably has ghost powers. <laughs> I think he re- recognized that there was something not right about this guy. Yeah, I, I, I really um, felt it was more of a protective vibe than anything else. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, because, uh. I mean, he's he's more than likely bonded with Cordelia because mm-hmm. she's really the only person that he can that he can interact with. Yeah, he gets to live in her house rent free. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, he 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 keeps turning the lights back on when she dims them. She changes the music from sexy to like a polka, <laughs> um, and um, she uh, she finally gets him to stop by threatening. To- to play the Madonna version of Evita on a loop, which that is a threat. That like okay, so I um I actually have not seen uh, the Evita movie. Um, I I thought people liked it. Uh, Antonio Banderas is very very good in it. He plays Che. Um, Madonna, in my opinion, is 
not good in it at all. That um, makes me sad because I really like Madonna. I mean, as a musician, I don't really think I've seen her in any movie apart from a cameo in Die Another Day. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, she's just she's not a very good actress. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I like her musically, but her her um, her voice is totally wrong for for the, that role i mean that role was uh originated by patty lapone uh, and there's okay yeah that that's a that's a titan right there yeah it's it's just yeah it's um she she's very her voice is very thin in that movie um and it needs to be brassy and big because that's what that character is um Got it. So it's disappointing, but um, yeah, that threat would work on me. I'd be, I'd be like, all right, girl. You're all right. Me. So I have to. Okay. I'm reading through the Buffy wiki, and I feel like this is an honorable mention right here. Uh, all right. Um, Phantom Dennis registers his extreme displeasure by brightening the lights she dims and putting on a jaunty polka rather than the mellow music she selects. Wilson doesn't seem to mind, though, as he follows Cordelia into the kitchen to find her in the midst of taking Dennis to task under cover of making tea. (laughs) Wilson stills Cordelia's chatter, and she responds passionately to his gentle kiss, then gives herself over to his slow, tender lovemaking. She wakes the next morning to an empty bed, but not an empty womb. Wow! (laughs) This, like, belongs with, like, fucking literatica. (laughs) Someone put more effort into this episode's plot synopsis than Howard Gordon put into this episode's script. (laughs) An empty bed, but not an empty womb. (laughs) What the fuck? Gives herself over to his slow, tender lovemaking? Jesus Christ. It's getting a little hot over here. Oh my god. I I I oh okay. I was <laughs> So bef- listeners, before we started, uh, t- uh t- earlier today I went and got I was able to get my first covid shot and I was telling Jason that like I was feeling good but I was feeling like a little queasy in my stomach, nothing too bad. And now I'm like <laughs> oh my god, I'm going <laughs> to not an empty womb. I, I can't I can't get past that. I you know what? Turn your recording off. The episode's over. Go slay and be gay, everybody. Oh. No, no, we gotta we definitely gotta keep going with this. I mean, in for a penny, in for a pound. You're right. We we subjected ourselves to watching the whole episode. We might as well fucking talk about it. <laughs> just think of it, this is a way to just bitch. um but yes cordelia does wake up and she is very pregnant not just a little pregnant very pregnant uh she looks at her clock realizes that she's overslept so she's late for work um and uh then she sees herself pregnant and just kind of falls into despair which totally understandable uh (laughs) Angel and Wesley are very uh, worried, so they go to they go to Cordelia's apartment. She doesn't answer the door, 
uh, Angel decides to break the door. So there we go. Like I said, bad week for doors. This is what the third like busted down door this week. Uh, second. Or, no, it's it's the third because we've got the one that Wesley busts through into the people's apartment. And then oh, right, yeah, the one through. that yeah, the one that Wesley gets thrown through. So yeah, yeah, like we said, bad week for doors. Um, yeah, and uh, Wesley and Co- Wesley and Angel walk into Cordy's room and see what has happened to her. Um, and uh, I okay. I have to give props to Charisma Carpenter and mm-hmm. David Boreanaz. I have to give props to the entire cast because yeah. this is a dumb episode and honestly, they're not given a lot to work with. But this scene in particular, they they basically act their mm-hmm. way through the whole thing to a very good degree. Um, they are giving performances that are, I think I want, I think charisma in particular, but you're right. Yes. It is the whole, the whole trio. They are giving performances that this script is not worthy of. Like, yeah, no. There I... is so much warmth and humanity to how they, how Wesley and Angel um, take care of Cordelia. Um, uh, there's, I find Cordelia's kind of just despair and, um, trauma so so visceral and real and i'm mad that everything else is so fucking dumb and sexist and gross yes um yeah agree uh yeah but i i love the tenderness that angel and wesley uh show cordelia and i love how cordelia um is able to charisma carpenter is very much able to convey just the absolute distress and mm-hmm. um sadness of yeah. her situation she has a line yeah. where she says um i'm being punished and i think it's wesley who immediately just says no no you are not angel decides to tell wesley to uh, take Cordelia to an ultrasound and see what's going on, if something's wrong with what happened. Obviously, there is something wrong, but... Uh, and uh, meanwhile, Angel says that he's going to go search for Wilson Christopher. God, that name doesn't get any better, no matter how many times nope. I say it. It doesn't. Yeah, Angel goes to the bar. Um, he's trying to uh, He's trying to bribe the bartender... Um, and yeah, I don't know what the point of this bartender is. Uh, he's kind of just there to move the plot along. Um, he does say that, uh, Serena's kind of the one who's, uh, who's the leader of the group. Um, she was turned by the goop. (laughs) Sorry, that was a, that was a very obscure pop culture reference. Uh. It is weird that he would go to... I mean, they they can't get Wilson Christopher, so he goes to the bar. But you're right. It's weird. Like, why not just go to Emily or Serena to, like, see if the same thing happened to them? Um, Feels like the logical next step. He does... uh, Angel does get to Serena's apartment. And um, this is just a weird scene. Because... 
yeah, uh, Serena's behavior is strange. Um, understandable. But she's lighting a whole bunch of candles. And I don't know if they're trying to make you think that Serena's the one who's responsible for this. And then there's the uh, reveal that she is also very pregnant. But uh, also, her drinking the uh, alcohol with the intent of trying to harm the whatever is inside of her, um, that's disturbing. Like, mm. And not even the, uh, oh, I love horror movies disturbing. That's just, that is just disturbing and wrong. Um, well, it feels like an... It feels like a really uncomfortable, uninformed attempt to make some sort of um, abortion-like commentary. But I don't know what that commentary is supposed to be. Like, I, I don't... No, you're right. None of this makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, Serena is also extremely pregnant, just like Cordelia. Um, and... Uh, I believe she ends up giving Angel the location of where to find mm-hmm. um, where to find Wilson Christopher uh, and his buddies. Because apparently Jason is also... Uh, Jason's the one who had sex with Serena. So... <laughs> Guys named Jason suck! Okay, um, but, so I have a question uh, for you, Jason. Uh, good Jason, not yeah. bad Jason. Um so you mentioned that you had to you had to give yourself a break uh, from this episode while watching it. Do you remember where where you took that break? I believe it was right after the uh, right after the ultrasound scene. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. It's not great. Um. <laughs> yeah. Like audience, I I legitimately needed a break from a forty two minute episode. <laughs> And I just paused it and went like went up to a room in my house and started organizing stuff. It's just like <laughs> I I need to not be watching this. Uh, um, then we go to the uh, then we go to the uh, gynecology appointment um, or the obstetrician appointment, ultrasound, whatever. Um, I'm not sure about the terminology, but. Uh, Cordelia is very on edge because um, so much so <laughs> that uh, when yeah, and um, here's the thing that I would be on edge about as well. Uh, the woman who sits next to her in the waiting room is very. Uh, she's like, oh, what are you like? Do you know if it's a boy or a girl? And then tries to reach out and touch Cordelia's uh, belly, and um, Cordelia freaks out. Now, obviously, this is part paranoia, but, you know, I think you should do that. I think I wouldn't uh, blame her for doing that anyway. And I think it's so invasive. I honestly think this is just something I don't know if it's as prominent today, but I think it is something that is uh, that was prominent for a long time. Just um, if you have even the slightest bit of knowledge of the person hell even if you don't like this woman didn't you still like want to put your hand on a pregnant woman's belly and uh without asking too so uh yeah i can understand cordelia's uh 
reticence. Yeah, I just and just her freak out. It feels like it feels like a man wrote that because I cannot imagine a, another pregnant woman, you know, invading another pregnant woman's space in that way. I, you know, I feel like there's a some should be at least some shared empathy about that experience don't don't touch a pregnant person's stomach without their without their consent don't touch a person without their consent yeah it it should be pretty basic knowledge um it's i also just don't understand the scene i know this is the running theme of the episode but why why, why, why do they go see a regular doctor? This is clearly magical. Something like like exactly what happens was bound to happen. They should have, I mean, they should have gone to like a shaman or something. I don't know. I just, I could not wrap my head around why this was the decision that they made other than bad writing. Yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um, We've got the uh, doctor, Dr. Wasserman, uh, who does the ultrasound. Uh, By the way, Wesley and Cordelia are posing as a couple that has just moved from England to here. Um, And uh, Cordelia isn't really going along too much with the story, so Wesley has to fill in the gaps uh, but when they start the ultrasound, um, he detects seven heartbeats, the doctor does, and uh, it obviously doesn't look great, doesn't look normal, so um, <laughs> the nurse uh, takes the, um, they do an amniocentesis where they try to uh, extract some of the amniotic fluid for uh, the, uh, for analysis, but um, when they take it out of Cordelia, they have a syringe full of it. Very large syringe. Um, oh and uh, it actually breaks. It, it destroys the syringe. And the amniotic fluid starts um, starts basically dissolving the floor. And uh, I, I w- one thing I did notice... I think this might be one of the better special effects shots that yeah. we've seen out of either Buffy or Angel. Um, I feel that if this had been done good. even a season, yeah, if this had been done even a season earlier, it would have looked a it would have looked a lot less real. Uh, but I I really liked how they were able to make it look like the floor was actually being eaten up by this amniotic fluid. This might just be me reaching for something to praise in the episode, <laughs> but uh, that hey, that positive did point out to me. I did see that positive. Very nice. Ugh, hey, take what okay. you can get. Take um, what you can get. Yeah, uh, the doctor and the nurse just run the hell out of there, and um, good for them. I would. And uh, Wesley's. <laughs> yeah, Wesley. Um, says hey you know what we gotta go find angel uh but cordelia is like oh i'm not worried i hope that all the i hope that they're all healthy so uh yeah cordelia just kind of does it's like an instant flip Mm -hmm. um and there's really no sign of it there's no indication 
apart from these lines that uh, her behavior towards the spawn, the demon spawn inside of her have changed. And uh, it's weird. again, yeah, again, I think that's bad writing um, and uh, possibly bad directing. Uh, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, uh, you want to take the you want to take some synopsis now. <laughs> I would it's be marathon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at this point, we go back to Angel and Serena. And um, Serena explains that these guys, um, they they want uh, they they look for girls that don't have um, a family and not very many friends in in the city. Which, which I mean, is... LA is kind of the perfect spot uh-huh. for that. And you know that 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 applies to Cordelia. Her family is. Uh, I guess in prison. Did we ever establish that her parents actually went to prison, or are they just? I th- I think there were references to her dad being in prison, or maybe that he was just you know in the predicament where he could go to prison. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I think like at least her mom should have been available. So so yeah, they these guys have an mo and a certain um a certain type of young woman that they that they are targeting. That's when uh, Serena just starts, I guess, going into uh, uh, going into contractions. Meanwhile, back at Angel's place, the same thing is happening with Cordelia. Um, Wesley gets Cordelia into Angel's bed. She basically tells her that she can like feel what's inside of her. And that they are, like, wanting to communicate with her. And that she's scared. Which is another, like, 180 from before of her being concerned. So, obviously, they're, they're, the demon that she's, demons that she's pregnant with are um, influencing her in some way. But it's not very consistent. Yeah. Um... Maybe that speaks to Cordelia's um, confidence and sense of self that she she has that inner strength maybe to to fight it off to some degree. Um, I feel like maybe that's a more generous reading than um, this deserves. Uh, Wesley or Angel returns to um, uh, to to his apartment, and I guess he just left Serena alone. I. That he doesn't have her with him, does he? Does he? Do you remember? No, um, he just says that uh, Serena thinks that the that uh, that Christopher, oh God, I already forgot his name, Wilson Christopher and his <laughs> friends all hang out at a gun and cigar club because you know, of course, of course. they do. Um, yeah. So I guess he she, he got that information, then he just went peace, Serena, and she's lying there on the ground in pain or whatever i need to go help my friend uh, <laughs> uh, yeah fuck off girl um so that's when okay this moment was actually kind of funny i thought they walk into the kitchen and cordelia's standing in front of the fridge um drinking pig's blood from one of the one of the containers i guess it's pig's blood that's what angel usually drinks yeah 
Um, and it's like dribbling down her front like Buffy drinking milk. <laughs> um, and even Angel is disgusted. He's like, oh my god, is that what it looks like? I never realized how gross that looked. <laughs> yeah. This is just a... Uh, I get... I get that they're... I get that they're trying to, like, show the influence of these demons on Cordelia. This this seems unnecessary and just gross. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Um, it's... Also, they, they make her wear overalls in this episode, which... So, I think the reason for that is that, um, obviously, she hasn't had time to prepare for this pregnancy... So mm. that might be the only clothes that she has that's big enough to kind of All right. contain her. No, I, I, I agree with you. It just made me think of Buffy's overalls of sadness. <laughs> um. I mean, Cordelia's not too happy. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and um, Overalls of sadness. I wear them when I'm depressed. I wish that I could wear something else, but I don't fit into my dress. <laughs> lovely. lovely. <laughs> top 40, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Boom. Top of the charts. <laughs> um, so Angel goes to track down these guys. Uh, he finds them and he immediately is just like, you're human. You're not a demon. Um, and they, um, they, he wants to know the, where he can find the actual demon that they're, like, working for, that they're, like, the surrogates for. And then all of his, like, douchebaggy pals show up, um, and shoot him. And then Angel's like, fuck off with that noise. <laughs> Um, that, and just beats the shit out of all. I will say that is very satisfying. Um, yeah, <laughs> it, because I guess obviously, in order to create conflict that Angel has to confront, he um, he does uh, he does constantly go up against demons who can match him punch for punch. It's just really nice to see just some human assholes that he can beat the <laughs> crap out of no problem. Yeah. Uh, and they're all a bunch of like gross rapey guys, so we don't even need to feel bad about him just beating the shit out yeah, of Yeah, yeah, like hell, I mean, I hope he causes some permanent damage. Uh Yeah. <laughs> um uh Wesley um finds out that uh what Cordelia has inside of her based off of the pictures from the ultrasound is uh the spawn of a Haxel demon. And uh, he says, oh, now that we know that, we can, uh, we can, you know, take steps to stop this from happening. And Cordelia responds by grabbing the book and uh, bashing Wesley in the face with it. Uh, yep. So Wesley goes the way of Giles and gets hit in the head. Uh, Aww. Um, nice. I like that. Little, little passing down of a tradition from... From elder watcher to younger watcher. Yep. Of turned rogue demon hunter. Of sustaining uh, head injuries. Um, <laughs> we see Angel in a phone booth pulling bullets out of his uh, chest. What uh, hot. <laughs> I was 
I was talking with Ben um, in like a couple weeks ago after the uh, the first episode of um, um, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I was telling him I was like I thought the guy um, who was like helping Sam out, uh, his like partner, was really really cute. And Ben was like, "Yeah, but then he got his his cute little face smashed in," and I was like, "Even better." <laughs> Now he has sexy wounds that I can tend to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he got his pretty you... little face. <laughs> I'll be like, lie back. Don't exert yourself. I'll put this cream on you. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a thing that I have. It just everyone needs to accept it. Hey, man. No judgment here. Uh, I'm not here to judge somebody's kinks. But uh, Wesley calls Angel. The phone wakes wakes Wesley up. Or excuse me, Angel calls Wesley. The phone wakes Wesley up. And um, Wesley tells uh, Angel that because the way that... Um, that uh, the demon has influence to both the uh spawn and the mother and uh so if you kill the demon then the mother should be fine Mm -hmm. uh angel has extracted the location uh of where the demon is so um wesley does mention that uh there are very few weaknesses that the haxel beast has um fire won't kill it uh what was the other thing that won't kill it like swords or something um god have you noticed how many times we've had to to each other been like so wait what happened (laughs) that's that that's what this episode is honestly i cannot remember it it it, it, maybe yeah yeah uh, let's say swords angel yeah angel has an idea and asks wesley Probably, like, while he was looking at the bullets, oh, can you shoot straight? Uh, we then see Cordelia and a lot of pregnant women, uh, for some reason, change into, like, some Heaven's Gate-looking shit. <laughs> and, uh... Oh, my God. Yeah, because, you know, it can't be, uh... It can't be a demon pregnancy without, like, the cult clothing. Um... Mm-hmm. They all get into what appears to be a very nasty-smelling liquid. And uh, Wesley shows up. And uh, he's trying to get Cordelia and the other girls out of this pool. But then the Haxel demon shows up. And as dumb as the story is, Haxel demon doesn't look too bad. I don't mind the Haxel demon except for its mouth. I think it's mouth. Yeah, so that stupid. Yeah, that didn't look great. Um, I, I, the body yeah, looked have cool. You seen, the body looks very cool. Um, have you? I do, I think this is the one in the franchise you haven't seen. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I made this reference earlier. You've not seen Alien Resurrection, right? I've actually never seen Alien Three all the way through either. Okay. Um. um so in Resurrection. I mean, do you care if I give you a spoiler for a very dumb movie? No, no, it's 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 gonna be a. It, it'll probably be a while before I get around to watching it because I do have the Alien anthology on Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. It's just that the only movies that I've been 
like willing to watch from it are the first two alien movies fair fair um the end of the movie has a human alien like hybrid creature that is so it it kind of looks like this in some ways i do think this one looks a little better i mean look who was involved with alien resurrection uh yeah i will say um alien resurrection is really stupid but it is like a good fun stupid in my opinion um i have actually been coming around on alien 3 since i watched uh the assembly cut which is much much better than the the theatrical cut that's actually what i've heard i've heard that uh um alien 3 is a um is has been very much Mm underappreciated um I think, uh, and in all fairness, it did have to follow two of the greatest science fiction movies ever made. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so I feel that, you know, I feel that it's kind of like, um, Back to the Future Part 3. Um, like, I think a lot of people take a shit on Back to the Future Part 3, but, uh, I would say that it is still a very strong movie. Maybe not as good as the first two uh, installments, but still really good, making for a very well-rounded trilogy. I watched all three Back to the Futures for the very first time uh, at some point during this quarantine, uh, and I liked all three. I had had a fun time with all of them. Uh, Unpopular opinion, probably, but two is my favorite. I acknowledge the greatness of the first one, but I think that two not only set up some cool stuff that would be followed up in three, but also took the time travel mechanics set up in the first one and did some really cool stuff with it. I was um, surprised at how much I had to like pay attention when I was watching that one. Not that I wasn't paying attention, but I was like, oh, this is actually, this this plot is kind of complicated. <laughs> like... Oh. Yeah, no, I I love Back to the Future Part Two, and that is, um, I think uh, on Twitter I recently posted my uh, my list of favorite movies, and uh, with the exception of the Lord of the Rings, I picked only one movie from a franchise, and uh, Back to the Future Part Two was uh, that movie. Um, I will pick that over the first one. Uh, but, you know, this isn't about Back to the Future, though I could talk about it extensively. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Uh, any more Alien Resurrection comments? No, it just kind of reminded me of that. Um, and the, like, acid amniotic fluid earlier also oh, yeah. invited a little bit of alien uh, alien imagery. Yep, I can totally see that. Uh, but yeah, Wesley decides to stall for time. And uh, brags about being a rogue demon hunter. And uh, hey, the mean, demon comes in and he's like, who dares like, <laughs> like mess with my spawn? Blah, blah, blah. And Wesley's like, it is I, Wesley Wyndham Price, rogue demon hunter. And I was just like, Wesley, you goofball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Angel shows up for some reason... I don't know where this came from, but, uh, but yeah, so Angel has a big tank of liquid nitrogen. Um, he throws it at the Haxel, the Haxel catches it, 
Wesley shoots it, and this causes the liquid nitrogen side to flash freeze the uh, flash freeze the Haxel demon. The women, uh, yeah, um, the the spawn just disappear, and the women are no longer pregnant. And they're all like, Cordelia, "Why the fuck am I in this tub of goo?" Yeah, Cordelia gets out, um, grabs a, a block and tackle. And swings it right at the Haxel and makes it shatter. I do like this. I, I, like... That Cordelia gets the final blow? That she gets the final blow, and I like, I like the way she does it. I just think it's visually stimulating. But yeah, where the fuck did he get this liquid nitrogen? Like, it's called Chekhov's Liquid Nitrogen for a reason show. (laughs) Like... (laughs) If you have electric liquid nitrogen in Act 1, somebody better be frozen and shattered by it in Act 3. But you gotta show it in Act 1, man. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, they kind of made reference to the gun, but I yeah. mean, that's that's weak. Uh, but yeah, so Haxel's destroyed. Two days later, um, Angel and... Uh, and Wesley are doing their absolute best to kind of, like, clean up her desk. Angel brought her some magazines. And uh, Cordelia comes... And here we go, Buffy Wiki. Oh, my God. Two days later, <laughs> Cordelia re- returns to the office looking svelte and fabulous once more. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Um, she, uh... She talks about going on a date with a uh, casting agent and saying that she'll get the part as long as um, she's allowed to, as long as she carries his demon spawn for him. So, uh, yeah, for some reason, there's like some tension uh, between the three of them at first, which Cordelia just kind of like in the end laughs off. I don't know what that tension was supposed to be. I mean, I think it's supposed to be that they think she's serious and that she has to she has to be like i'm kidding but like they know her well enough at this point yeah. they should know that she's kidding and i yeah and here's the thing i know that she said at the top of the episode that one of the best things about that one of the only good things about this episode is wesley and angel basically dropping everything to help cordelia and yes that is very true um cordelia my problem with this is that in the end, Cordelia flat out says, oh, I learned something new. Uh, she says all the, like the, oh, I learned these things, which I already knew. Men are awful. Um, stuff like that. Sex sex is bad. Um, which Angel responds, yeah, I kind of knew that. Which is a nice little reference to the fact that uh, boning makes him evil. Uh, <laughs> the situation's a lot more nuanced than that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but then she says, I also learned that there are two people um, that I can absolutely trust with my life, which is nice, but one, do you really need to, like, state that? I mean, it, I feel that that's just kind of, like, stating the obvious. Yeah. And second, I get not feeling that about Wesley since he's relatively new to the L.A. group, mm-hmm. but... Um, I, I find it a little distressing that she doesn't feel this way about Angel or that um, 
she hasn't felt this way about Angel until now. Uh, I, yeah, it's weird. It, 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 it feels... And it, it maybe feels this out is of just, place. Maybe this is just the first time that she's actually, like, expressed that to him. But I feel like if that's the case, once again, I think this is a reading that's far more generous than um, than what is put on screen. Um, yeah, it just doesn't... It, it The sentiment is lovely. Like, but... It's weird for her to be only learning that this week. And, uh, and I'm seeing in the uh, behind-the-scenes part, uh, Tim Minear... It says writer Tim Minear, but he obviously didn't write this episode. Mm -hmm. But he says this episode is one about uh, showing Wesley becoming more than what he appeared to be on Buffy, which I'd agree with, Mm -hmm. and then demonstrating that the members of Angel Investigations are forming a family. And I... I don't know. I guess that sentiment... I felt that that sentiment was already there. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the first time that it's actually... Because Angel says to the the bartender, the guy says, "What? She's your girlfriend?" And she he says, "No, she's family." And that is the first time that it's been like explicitly said. Up till yeah. this point, it's all been you know implications. This is the first time that a member of the team has ha- has said it out loud. Um, yeah. All right, fair enough. But. And it works for me in the Angel moment. And I think maybe they're trying to do something here that she's making that same acknowledgement. I, I, framing it as something that she's just learned, I think, was a mistake. Yeah, it's just a very... The line comes off as just, how did you not know this already? Yeah. I mean, you know that Angel do anything for you. Yeah, maybe... I, I think the, the better way to go about this is to have her express that this is a realization that she's been having over the course of her time. And now this is the time she feels comfortable expressing it. I think that could have been more effective. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. All right. We made it through it. (laughs) We did it. Oh God. Um, Well, I'm going to give this episode, uh, you know what? I don't care if it's so low. 0.5 out of 5 uh, smelly dollar bills because apparently that's what the gu- that's what the uh, oh, Orange yeah. County fuckboys pay pay their tabs in. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my god. Um yeah, no, I I mean, I've Which expressed... might be the lowest rating I've ever given an episode. I think it is, and it's about to be the same for me because I, I've already expressed what I hate about this episode, and it's a lot. Um, and, you know, the things that I like, the, the the team looking out for one another and being great to each other. Um, I mean, we like you said, we've seen that in other episodes. I like seeing it here, but other episodes have, t- have done that same concept without being terrible. Um, yeah. And not relying on a outdated, gross rapey sexist trope um yeah honestly the point five for me basically comes from the fact that the cast had nothing to work with and still acted the shit Mm -hmm. out of it yeah so um point five inexplicable liquid nitrogen tanks out of five for me (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, you know, when we did our uh, Buffy hot takes mm-hmm. and talked about our worst episodes, uh, our least favorite episodes of each series, um, my least favorite episode is one that was uh, further on down the road. But I don't know. Maybe like watching this is kind of like push that one up a little higher than yeah Um, i I don't know we'll we'll talk about that when we get to it but uh i all i also had a different episode um unfortunately what i it's coming sooner than i thought when i looked at the episode lists recently (laughs) um but um i remember saying that this episode was like very close to taking the worst spot for me like it was it was between those two episodes. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really bad. Definitely yep. the, one of the nadirs of the show. Yep. Um, well, I don't have anything else to say to you. I don't. Let's get out of here, man. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We will be back next week with Buffy Season 4, Episode 13, the I in team. I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij 357 and on Twitter at plain old yamij. You uh, may have heard me singing in this episode. If you're a fan of that, then check out uh, YouTube where I team up with a uh, friend of the podcast, Grace Robertson, and we sing covers of our favorite Queen songs. All you have to do is search for Grace Under Pressure. I was like, I've gotten to the point where I'm just like trying to predict what the pun is. Um, And I I haven't been able to yet. Um, So that's that's a fun journey I get to go on every week. (laughs) I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman or on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. I also write a blog uh, called horrorbyharrison.blogspot.com. That's uh, where I watch and review a horror movie every week. This week, I reviewed A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's the Revenge. The gay one? Yeah, also known <laughs> as The Gay One. Um, and I, I made my husband watch it with me. And it was it was hilarious how frequently he would just like look at me with that, that look that goes, seriously? Like I can, I can see that look in... Like, in my head right now. (laughs) You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out in all of those cases. Also, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting the National Advocates for Pregnant Women, or NAPW. NAPW combines legal advocacy, public education, and organizing to achieve a country in which no one is arrested, shamed, or denied constitutional or human rights because they have the capacity for pregnancy, are pregnant, or because of any outcome of their pregnancies, including births, miscarriages, stillbirths, and abortions. NAPW is committed to advancing the equal rights and personhood of all pregnant people, including those most likely to be targeted for arrest, detention, and blame. Low-income women, women of color, and drug-using women. Visit www.nationaladvocatesforpregnantwomen.org 
for more information. And as always, go slay. And be gay. Goodbye. Bye.